0: No bridge is necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The time has come. I'm flying away. You're listening to My Show Closed, a miniseries from The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. Welcome. I'm Mo Brady. And
1: out of sight, dear. No, I'll be right here, right here forever, ever, ever, ever when
0: you... Making it to Broadway is a dream come true for many. But no matter the show, living that dream will eventually come to an end. Whether your show runs for one month or one decade, eventually every Broadway musical will close. It doesn't matter if it's your first Broadway show or your 10th, closing means a future of artistic and financial insecurity. And yet, closing shows are just a part of the big, beautiful cycle of musical theater. This summer, seven Broadway musicals are shuttering their doors, sending scores of ensemblists onto the unemployment line, or the metaphorical unemployment line. They have to go on unemployment. It's a big hassle. But is there a good side to having your Broadway show close, or at least a silver lining? That's what I'm interested in finding out in this miniseries with three actors who have closed Broadway musicals this summer. Since making his Broadway debut in the original company of Newsies, Michael Fatica has gone on to perform in five additional Broadway musicals in the last three years, including originating the role of Chubby Man in Groundhog Day. In addition to performing in the national tour of Matilda the Musical, he also spent a chunk of last summer setting the show's international company in South Africa. Last week, he finished a run as Phil Spector, Sid the Censor, and others in Broadway's The Share Show. Here's our conversation. Hi, Mo. (laughs) Would you introduce yourself and tell us
1: what neighborhood of New York City you live in? My name is Michael Fatica, and I live in Prospect Leffert Gardens in Brooklyn.
0: So the first thing I want to ask you is how you see the relationship between artistry and business working on Broadway.
1: Interesting question. Honestly, you can do art anywhere really right like we're in times square right now we could go on the sidewalk and do something artistic a performance art piece anything you can do art in a small theater a big theater regionally here in new york industrial commercial musicals are a whole another beast because you want to be able to do something artistic you want to be able to share something wonderful with an audience that they feel something from they give back to but it does rely so heavily on people coming and people buying tickets and the industry of that. I think it's a really hard balance for me personally. I think you try to find something artistic in whatever you're doing and you have to say, okay, great. This show is my favorite show I've ever done. I feel so deeply connected to it. Sometimes it's not that. Sometimes it's the case that you you feel like you may not be telling the story that you personally agree with. You may not be telling the story that you think needs to be heard. Who knows? And that's not, based on my recent personal experience by any means. Um, but it is it is something you deal with and you have to sort of say, okay, this is a business as well. So if I wanna be a human that makes money doing this, I also have to appreciate that side of the business and not hate it. What are the warning
0: signs? Are there warning signs when you're in a show?
1: Yeah, uh, there are warning signs. And I, I can equate two musical experiences that I went into very differently with knowing the warning signs and not knowing them. So Groundhog Day was 2017, we were in the original Broadway company and we closed in that same year, a very similar timeline to how the Share show, which I was just in. Groundhog Day, we felt really, really protective of the product, I think, because the cast was really uh, in support of the creative team. We, you know, Whether you as an audience member liked it or not, being a part of the show felt artistic, if you're going back to your earlier question. And we really wanted it to translate and it felt like there were a lot of people in New York that supported it, it was critically well received. and. So we were looking out at the audiences and sometimes they'd be packed and sometimes we'd call them mangy houses where you kind of look out. It was the August Wilson Theater which is a big balcony and you can kind of see patches of empty spots, and that to us made us feel nervous. Um, But at the time I didn't check the grosses. I didn't really check a lot of things. We were just so like desperately hoping that that the show would become popular in Mm -hmm. a way that it seemed to prior to the Tonys and after the Tonys seemed to fall. When we got that closing notice it did feel something that we could expect but I didn't know how to gauge it. So going into the share show I had my like armor on I had my gears up looking and so you can you can check the grosses you can see how well it's selling you can check on important weeks holiday weeks you know there is always going to be a little bit of a dip in the spring or a little dip in the fall unless you're a huge hit musical um, where you can kind of see but that's a hard time to judge but there are times when you know whether the musical is selling and also is a world of social media and online presence where you can literally look if you want. You can hashtag search your show and see. This is not something I personally do because it stresses me out, but (laughs) you can look and see what people are saying. You you can watch your Tony performance on YouTube and read the comments and see if it's reaching people. And so it is interesting. It's we're so accessible to how people feel. As much as we want to think like your show is accessible to the New York theater community and that's going to make it a hit. It's not the case. Really, you have to reach the world. You have to reach tourists, you have to reach families, you have to reach so many people in order to stay alive here. Um, So you can really check. And I was looking for the share show, so it wasn't a huge surprise. Okay,
0: so talking about not seeing the warning signs, let's go back to Newsies, your Broadway Mm. debut. Yes. How did you find out that the show was closing?
1: Well, um, Newsies was a surprise because it was selling really, really well. We knew the tour was going out in the fall. There was some inclination that if it was to close before the tour went out, it would be that summer. But it wasn't a case where you check the numbers and it looked like it was going to close. We had a, a cast member named Jess LaFrado who was giving his happy trail speech that day. And we came into the theater and what, we were what all... Is, what does that mean? Oh, great. So he was leaving the show to do, I believe, On the Town. So it was his last day in the show. So at Newsies, we would all gather at half hour before the show after Fight Call, the whole company behind the big tower set. And every cast member would give a little speech as to how they were feeling about leaving the show thank yous to anyone they wanted to whatever it's a very emotional it can be a very emotional experience and jess was such a sweet sweet guy he is such a sweet guy um and he was a part of the original company so it was it was special and we were all feeling really um emotional already and then our producer uh one of our producers Anne court from disney came out she said thank you to jess for the lovely speech and then Out of the blue just said, and we will be closing on August, blah, 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 blah. I don't remember. And it was intense. There were a lot of people who had just joined the show. People were crying. It was a shock. So that that was a real shot to the stomach. You know, that was not something we could really prepare for.
0: And then you did a show.
1: And then we did two shows. (laughs) I think that was before a matinee. (laughs) See, that show, people didn't get rid of it. People were crying the whole show. And I'm sure as an audience member, they were either extremely impressed with our emotional engagement or they were really concerned for our well-being. (laughs) (laughs) But the announcement comes within like a half an hour of you finding out. Sure. So then you're also getting texts from your family and your friends. And, you know, with Newsies, we were such a close-knit group. You can't not but feel supported by your cast when something like that happens in a good way and a bad way. So it's good because you're all going through it together, but it's bad because everyone's going through it and you're constantly bonded. The show was about being bonded to each other backstage. We had all sorts of rituals. We were really like a a really close cast. And so when everybody is upset and everybody is shocked and scared, you know, you get scared. You're about to lose your job. That's something... Uh, to consider and we had a lot of young guys in that show a lot of and girls but a lot of the guys who joined the show were 17 18 19 had moved to new york to be a part of the show and they just found out that their reason for being here was gone and would be gone within two months so it's a huge shock to the system when something like that happens and because i've done it five times now you learn to deal with that differently
0: you alluded to the fact that you deal with closings different now than you did during newsies talk us through both how you found out the share show was closing and then how you how it felt
1: we found out the share show was closing we had a company manager email us prior to the show it was a tuesday i believe and just let us know we had a company meeting that night which to be honest this is a group of veteran actors really there were not a lot of people in the share show that have never done a show or closed a broadway show before so we sort of could taste it in the water. We knew it was coming. And so when we got the email, I think everyone knew it was coming and we just didn't know when. So we all showed up. We went to the the house sitting in the seats and um, Jeffrey Seller, our producer, came out and he did not beat around the bush. He just came out and said, okay, we are closing this date, which I really respect because we weren't just sitting there waiting for the answer. We knew the answer immediately. And then he was able to go in and kind of talk to us about how they were disappointed that they had to close the show so soon. They were really attached to it. They just didn't feel that commercially it was reaching the amount of people it needed to in order to stay open. And he talked about how how impressed he was with our connection to the show and our work on the show. That goes from Stephanie J. Block by Cher all the way down to the costume crew to the front of the house to everyone who's worked on the show. Because nearly it's been the entire company has been here since out of town in Chicago. So we've gone through it for a long time. He was really sweet and touched on every person's involvement in the show and how touch that he was that we gave that so that was a a really sweet speech in learning how to deal with it with any new career the first thing that happens to your first job especially in a Broadway show I think you just assume it will never happen again so with Newsies a lot of us had it had been our first show on Broadway and you are just terrified that it was a fluke and you are just never never going to do another show again I think that fear was the guiding force my first time doing it Uh, You're just scared until you get something else. And, you know, and for luckily for me, I did hop into a show pretty soon after, but it it is really, really scary. And you just think you you go through all the doomsday thoughts. I'm going to lose my apartment. I'm not going to be able to afford to live here. I'm not going to ever work again. People are going to think I'm untalented. You just go through all of this stuff. I've been around for a bit and I feel more confident that something will come in in the way of a job. So that becomes less of the stress. You learn to deal with it by trying to enjoy the time you have and say, okay, we have two months left. What are the things that I really want to get out of the show before we're done? You say to yourself, okay, I need to save X amount of money. I need to stop having a margarita on this day so that I can do so. (laughs) And you start looking at the show differently. You start saying, I'm going to really miss this part. I'm going to really miss these people. Uh, How can we soak up the amount of time we have together. You know, the guy's dressing room in the share show was really close. And so, you know, we, we had a brunch together. We had a little social event here and there to really sort of soak up that time. And I think that we approached it in a way of not feeling sorry for ourselves and feeling excited to spend that time and then not freak out about the future.
0: I'd love for you to talk us through the closing performance.
1: It, it's kind of strange coming up to the closing day because once you get to five, four, three, two, one on the countdown, you start to remember the things that you're really going to miss in the show and possibly some things that you're not going to miss in the show. And so the day of, you kind of have clocked those things and you know what you're about to experience in that way. The opening of the show, the ensemble of men come out as sailors and Cher rises from the floor. And this was one of the most special moments we've had in the Cher show. The wall of sound that the audience through at Stephanie when she came up through that floor was deafening. It was really cool that we were able to be on stage and, and feel that. And we just stood there for a while while Stephanie accepted very graciously that applause. And then throughout the show, you hit your marks. You know, you hit the, the moments in the show that you're gonna miss. Uh, you know, I played a lot of really fun little characters in act one. So every time we finished a scene, I would audibly say like, goodbye, Phil, (laughs) goodbye, Chauncey. You know, just like every time you hit that character, you give it a little wave and say, thank you. There were also a lot of really tight revealing costumes in the show that (laughs) I have to say some of those I took off and said, thank you. I don't ever have to wear you again. It's a long day of that. And it was a really celebratory day, partly due to the audience. The audience was so engaged and they were so wonderfully supportive of each of the shares, each of the characters, the ensemble. They, were, they just gave us so many moments of joy throughout that show. And we had had a little meeting with our director prior to the show where he just came and told us that he was appreciative of our contribution to the show and was very kind, but wanted us to enjoy it. And so we had heard from him a bit. And then at the end of the show, uh, our director, Jason Moore and Rick Ellis, a book writer, brought everyone on stage Uh, including people who have left the show, swings, crew backstage, the front of house staff, they wanted to come up. Everybody was able to be on the stage. And as they said it, they wanted them all to experience what it's like to stand on stage and receive the love that the audience was there to give. So I thought that was really cool.
0: So it's Tuesday.
1: It is Tuesday. (laughs) That was Sunday. (laughs) How are you feeling? I feel Good. I've been sort of on the run for a while, which I'm very thankful for. I started share last spring, 2018. We went out of town. I'd been working on a show right before that and sort of did double duty for a bit in rehearsals. Then I went out of the country for the summer teaching another show and then came straight back into rehearsal. You know, it's going to sound a bit woe is me, but it's been a long time running. So I'm right now on Tuesday sort of thankful tonight that I don't have to put my body through that. I think my mind and body are ready for a break, I think is, is good to admit because nobody wants to admit that. <laughs> but I think it's nice to to say, you know, I'm, re- I'm ready to lay down on my couch for two days and not do anything involving responsibility. And then there's uh, looking forward to being a human in the evening time and seeing friends at 7 p.m. and travel down to see my f- mom for a second. You know, it, you're able to do things that are harder to do when you're in a Broadway show, which is a sacrifice that I'm f- in full support of saying is worth it because it's hard to, it, it is a it is the dream we all want to be doing and it does have sacrifices. So I think now at this moment, I can enjoy the moment of not having to deal with those sacrifices. I'm ready and willing for the next step to come.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you, what do you hope is next?
1: Ah, oh, what a great question. You know, uh, I spoke to Stephanie J. Block about this particular subject a bit ago. Uh, she said it the next job needed to check two of three boxes. One of the boxes needs to feel artistically extremely fulfilling, whether that's a passion project, whether it's something you've always wanted to do, whatever. Uh, Another box was needed to fill your financial obligation, whatever that is for you personally. I know she has a family, I do not, it's a different financial burden. And the third needed to be the next step in some way. I think in my 20s, I did a lot of Grabbing at opportunity, anything that came my way that I felt that I could find an experience in, I did. And now I've I've entered my 30s, and welcome, thank you. <laughs> um, and I am sort of trying to treat this in a different way, and this being my approach to what's next. You know, I think there is merit to finding an experience in any way but i am trying to find something that that does check two of those three boxes so i've bettered myself this year in a way that i've been avoiding for years but i took a 12-week film and tv seminar i would love to continue to create new shows whether it's on broadway or whether it's not i think that's something i love doing and would love to be part of something new i would also love a million dollars so if something provided that that would be amazing as well i think there's a lot of aspects that go into the next thing but yeah, the next thing I think I wanted to fill me with as much joy as possible and to be a, a positive step in in furthering my career in the way of continuing to create new things. Because I think that's what I love doing. And although if you're the producer of a huge hit musical, I'm free and <laughs> you can find my email on my website. <laughs>
0: Special thanks to Michael Fatica for sharing his stories with us this week. You can learn more about him and how to connect with him online by visiting our website, theensemblist.com. The Ensemblist was produced today by me, Mo Brady. You can help others find out about The Ensemblist by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And also download episodes wherever you get your podcasts or at our website, theensemblist.com. And make sure you're following us on Instagram, where we share news, reviews, original photography. We're very busy. (laughs) It's a great feed. Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time.